it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Paul is now being recorded. We are back here on the world-famous Chicky Jaguar radio program. Also, uh, download our additional podcast over there at jagshow.com. That's jagshow.com. And today we have a very, very interesting guest. Uh, it is a uh, professional wrestling bodybuilding and strongman. Mr. John Anderson is on the telephone. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing, brother? It's great to be here. Pretty, I appreciate pretty good, actually. Let's have some, let's have some fun, huh? Well, uh, first of all, uh, how I got wind of you was two or three years ago, I, uh, I, I had become, I'd been a fan of Lucha Libre wrestling forever, and I turned on, uh, I think it was Televisa or Galavision one day, and Watching CMLL, and, it, you know, you have all the different guys on there, Shocker and Ultimo Guerrero, guys like that. And then this huge mountain of a man came on the screen, <laughs> and that was you. And I'm like, who in the hell is this guy? And so I started trying to figure out all I could because I'm like, you look like the kind of guy that would be in WWE. You look like a guy – who Vince McMahon would get direction for? You are <laughs> you are the perfect the perfect body type for him. So I'm I'm doing all this research and I and I found out well you said some stuff in Japan, various things and then I turned on uh, Netflix a couple weeks ago and I and and I found uh, this documentary that you did. Um, yeah. Um, you were involved in this this lucha this lucha libre documentary, and I was fascinated by this. And then I started doing more research on you, and I'm like, I gotta have this guy on the radio show. So so <laughs> like, uh, like a stalker, or as they call it, journalism. I uh, <laughs> I I tried to hunt you down, and we've got you on the show now. So first of all. Um, did you start doing strongman before you got into professional wrestling, or was it the other way around? Take me through this journey here. Okay, holy smokes! Well, let's let's go back all the way to the beginning, so it all it all makes sense. So when okay. I was just a little squirt, I was just a little guy, maybe uh, maybe seven, eight years old tops. I I could I say that I was not by any means genetically blessed. By any means, but okay. I was very blessed. I was very blessed in the regards that I knew at that young age exactly what I wanted. And that was to be this big, strong. Are we are we rated RPG here? Just so I don't oh, you can you can go you can go however you want because the <laughs> okay. people that the people that don't the people that the, the stations that don't want to don't want to hear it they'll dump out and they'll come back later. Uh, <laughs> you you have all the freedom so, in the world to say whatever you want, brother. Well, I wanted to be just this big, strong, nasty motherfucker, just this mountain of a man because I was so 
I was, I mean, literally the first time that I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was just, I mean, it, it moved something inside me. I can't even really describe yeah. it. was like, I knew at that point that that's, that's my, my purpose was this. And the, the problem was, that <clears throat> was a little, you know, it was a little, a little son of a bitch, you know, that was, had a, you know, I had a huge, uh, learning disability, you know, back in those days, yeah. I didn't really know much about it. You just knew I, I was really, really slow. <laughs> and so, yeah. so I had a huge learning disability. And of course I got picked on, you know, a little bit here and there. And then of course, then that turned into, you know, fight, you know, basically comforting myself with cookies and ice cream. And now you, now you take this little fat son of a bitch that can't read worth a shit out loud and gets ridiculed by everybody in the school. And I'm, I'm basically, I'm looking to find, I know what I want. I know I want to do these great things, but I'm looking for greatness in the bottom of an ice cream container. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So basically, I was just, I was the little engine who couldn't. And then long and short of it, I just, little by little, uh, you know, that fire that was burning inside me finally, finally hit me hard enough to where I realized that if I worked my ass off, I started to see some results. And then once I started to see the results from my hard work, the whole thing just took off. So I basically found real quick that I was better at lifting weights than I was into the sports I was playing, you know, in, in you know, junior high and high school. And uh, so I basically just trained my ass off all the way through college. I played rugby. I checked into college at about 185. Came out of yeah. college at 260. So you can see that was a huge, huge portion of, of reaching my goal was getting big and strong through college. To be honest, I didn't go to college to learn. I went to college because it was a way for me to keep training and, you know, keep training and chase girls. <laughs> you know, my yeah. mom, my well, mom and to go to college. So she said she paid for when, it. And I knew I'd have a lot more time going to college to, to do what I wanted to do, like train that I've had a job, so off I went, you know. So I finished up with college, and at this point, you know, like I said, I'm 260, but I'm, yeah. like, so much stronger than I look. But, it, I mean, I really didn't have a gauge of that. You know, I didn't really know. And so as I start to get out in the real world, I start to realize, holy shit, you know, the things that I can do are far greater than the other guys that are my size. And so one of my yeah. one of my best friends said, "Dude, you got to try one of these strongman competitions we've been watching on TV for all these years." And I was like, "Fuck, man, okay, I'll give it a try." So basically, I went to my first contest. I won. Um, the, the, basically, I was kind of discovered at that first contest. That was New Mexico's strongest man. I was discovered by a gentleman named Willie Wessels, who was president of the amateur federation which is a feeder to the professional federation which is international federation of strength athletes he said dude you got all the potential he said come to this next contest if you win this you get your pro card and then you can start competing for money and get sponsors and all this shit so of course that's exactly what i did so (laughs) my strong my strongman career was just went from i went from a virtual unknown to being on team usa and about probably about 16 to 17 months. And uh, then, I mean, literally at that point, I mean, all in that short period of time, I literally live in my dream. I mean, I'm getting paid to travel all over the world. I'm getting, you know, they're paying all my expenses. They're paying me money just to appear. I'm winning prize money. I'm getting sponsors. 
literally yeah. my dream. <clears throat> so seven years deep into that, uh, had a back surgery, and my agent at the time says, well, dude, you're, you know, you're old enough now, you know, if you want to continue, you know, as an athlete, we're going to have to change gears. You're, you're, you're not going to recover from that. They told the surgeon told me that if I continued strongman, I would just end up being back in there nine months later because I had ruptured a disc and the, and the one above it was, was bulged severely. He said the one above was going to rupture at any point if I continued to do what I was doing. So my agent said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, and keep in mind, I'm being honest with the story now, but for a long time I kept this completely hidden because what I'm going to say next is frowned upon in the wrestling business. <laughs> so yeah. Basically, my agent put together a, a basically a fake resume that said that I had been <laughs> wrestling in indies for a, that said I'd been wrestling in indies for a long time, which I had not been. So I went to a place called APW. Uh, out here in California to get, I took a, I took three months of private lessons, you know, real intense to try to learn, you know, learn, you, it's, you gotta learn to craft, you gotta learn to dance. Oh uh, yeah, you had, to, you had to learn how to take a bump, you had it to do, art you had to do all I mean, that, and it's, oh fun. yeah, and, and <laughs> I was, I was, keep in mind, I wasn't a wrestling fan, I was just a fan of big motherfuckers. Yes, some of them were wrestlers, but I wasn't really, watching the match. I was just watching this big dude and how strong he was. I didn't care about yeah. wrestling itself. I just cared about the big motherfucker in the ring, you know? <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So basically he, he sends these he sends this uh this fake resume out. At this point I've learned through private lessons and I've had probably a half a dozen indie matches, of course, which are in fucking high school gymnasiums. And at this point I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I just you know, a year ago, I was in gear up competing in front of 25,000 people. Now I'm at a fucking high school gym doing a wrestling match for 60 people, and I got more teeth than everybody in the front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so long and short of it, I'm, I've only wrestled. The, one, the wonderful world of indie wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I've been in the wrestling business now for basically six months through private training in those handful of matches, and my agent gets a call back from uh, the IGF, which is Antonio Noki's spinoff company when he left uh, New Japan. Yeah, so my, agent calls, yeah. my agent calls me and goes, all right, dude, you got a shot, and he said, you fucked this up. You're done, because the way that this, the way the wrestling business works, if, if they see that you're you're not worth a shit. The word will spread like wildfire, and this whole project is over. And so, basically, uh, you know, off I went. I went and had – it was a mini-tour. I just did three matches. But keep in mind, you know, Antonio Noki, he doesn't do anything small. So my first, my first ever, you know, basically real wrestling match where it was not an indie was a fucking pay-per-view in Japan. So, so talk about being scared to death, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I went out there, and obviously, let's be totally honest, the way I look is what got me the shot. They just wanted to see yeah. if I going to be able to, you know. So I got in there. I didn't have, obviously, I didn't have great matches, so I know what the fuck I was doing, but I didn't have a shitty match. And so basically, they, 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 
called me back and said, "Yeah, let's let's do it." So they 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 uh, they contracted me. Now, keep in mind, the IGF at that point, and still now, they're not they're not touring like New Japan. So it wasn't wasn't like there was a lot of work. But then in the interim, I based because I got exposure in Japan, I started getting calls from. Uh, like, uh, you know, Mexico, and I met Shocker from Mexico, and he said, dude, you got to come down and meet the boss. So I went down to the to uh, Mexico City, and I walked into Arena Mexico the first time and shit my pants, this 20,000 people seat arena, and they wrestled there multiple nights a week. So basically, at that point, now I'm, I'm basically working for IGF and CMLL, and then, of course, um, because New Japan and Antonio Inoki have a beef, New Japan sees me and says, well, let's go take him from IGF. So now, bam, now because of the dynamic of, of you know, IGF and New Japan, I basically got contracted with the company that I was wanting to wrestle for in Japan. And so, I mean, so now to give you that time frame, from the time that I set foot in a ring the first time for my first private lesson to being with New Japan was, again, about a year and a half. <laughs> so, Son of a again, bitch. <laughs> so, again, I am just on these fast-track, you know, these fast-track uh, career paths, which is killer because here's what happens when you, you know, when you get there quick, you realize, holy shit, you're here, but now you got to figure out a way to fucking swim, and it's fast-moving current. The guys I'm in the ring with have been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for yeah. months, you know? So you get fucking really good really quick, or you lose your job, you know? So, of course, and, and I'll be totally honest, I, I, you know, I wrestled for them. If I basically wrestled my wrestling career from the time I got a good job until the time that I finished with New Japan, I shouldn't say I finished, when New Japan finished with me, <laughs> was, about a, was about a seven-year period. So, you know, it was, a, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It was a killer time in my life. And New Japan and CMLL have a working relationship. So it just fit together even better in terms of, you know, the way that my my work schedule was because I was basically kind of booked between CMLL and New Japan all the time, so I was working nonstop. And so when I was in, going back to what you said about the movie, uh, uh, Lucha Mexico, I was down uh, in, in uh, Mexico doing my, you know, doing my tour before I head to Japan, and um, we're doing a press conference, and basically I'm, you know, I'm one of that's two or probably two or three people in the whole press conferences can speak English. So we finish and there's these two, what I think are reporters come up and, and talk to me, but in actuality, they were the producers of Lucha Mexico and uh, yeah. really cool people. So I met them and kind of inter, I, you know, they, you know, they were, they told me what they were doing and I said, okay, I'll, I'll do what I can to help you because I'm, I'm a big connoisseur of, of what goes around comes around. You know, if you put out bad shit, you're going to get bad shit. You help other people, people are going to help you. And so <clears throat> I did what I could to help them. And uh, they got a lot of access in CMLL, and they filmed that thing for, oh, my God, years. I mean, I think they had probably two years of filming before they started editing. And uh, obviously, you know, the interesting about my character in wrestling, you know, Strongman, 
I mean, that came from the, the whole thing was a carryover from my first career, career in Strongman. But that's my character is me. I'm not pretending to be anybody I'm not. This is this. <laughs> I, I have the easiest job in the, in the world is my character because I wake up in my character every day, you know? So, so yeah. uh, it was it was a great fit in terms of me being one of the primary characters in the movie, um, especially because, you know, I'm a foreigner moving in and out of these different markets. And, uh, you know, obviously I was, you know, probably that. I mean, I when I saw the film, I think it was a great depiction of me. It, it shows that, you know, I, I bust my ass. I work hard for what I want. I take care of my family. And, of course, that's one side of the film. And then, of course, the other side is all of the stuff, you know, deaths and all that kind of stuff. There has to be the good and the bad of every story or it's boring as hell, you know. So, <laughs> so well, you know, the, the, one, the one thing I love about uh, especially the Americans that go down there to uh, to Mexico and wrestle, they're built like brick shit houses. Like you, you're you're yeah. absolutely huge. And then there's these, the, and, and they don't they don't mention him in the uh, in the movie. And I don't know, maybe you you crossed paths with him at one point. But uh, one of the guys that I was always a big mark for was Ronda, because yeah, yeah, he was, was yeah, absolutely he, he, huge. And I mean the original. I don't mean the guy that Antonio Pena yeah, yeah. was. Here's an outfit yeah. stick it on. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the original guy, um, I think at one point he ended up at CMLL, and they renamed yeah, him Granda XXX. Yeah, and you know, and the problem, you know what happened was, see, when, when I came in, when I came into CMLL, like Ultimo Guerrero, is there, he's the, the, the big, he's the big uh, heel or Rudo, as they call yeah. it down there. Yeah. And so he was basically expecting me to be just like, you know, Granda, and I, and meaning that I couldn't go in the ring. But, I mean, my training yeah. coming from Strongman, I mean, fuck, I got a gas tank for a big guy, you know. And so, also yeah. Guerrero, like the first time we were in the ring, I mean, at very first, we didn't get along very well, so we were really going after the ring, you know. And he told me once we became buddies later, you know, that, uh, you know, he, he was trying to he was trying to wear me out so he could make me look like an asshole in the ring <laughs> because he said Granda, because he said Granda he had he had run out of gas on him a couple of times right at the you know right in right in his his high spot and made him look like an asshole you know what I mean so he yeah. said he was really pleased when you know when when he, once he and I became buddies once we got done beating the hell out of each other in the ring. Um, you know, he was. He said he was very happy that he had, you know, a big Tactico to battle it out with that could go 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So, well, the one, but, the uh, one thing also, and and getting back to sort of your strongman stuff, the, the the thing that I think is great about your look is besides, I think maybe there's probably, I would say as far as strongman goes, you and Marius Pujanowski are the guys that yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah. built. And you guys get in there, and and it looks like, yeah, you guys spend the time in the gym, you're doing the dieting, you're doing all the stuff, and you look like you're supposed to look as far as, if you're thinking world's strongest man or a strong man competitor, that's what you're supposed to look like. So many of these guys look like they just, like, won a contest, and all of a sudden they're, they're doing strong man competitions. And uh, it's the same thing with pro wrestling. I see some of these guys 
who they're not in shape. They don't look like they're in shape. They don't look like they worked out. And they get in there, yeah. and it's like when I watch professional wrestling, I want to I want to be able to watch it and go, okay, I can never look that way. Yeah, of so, course. You, you know, what you're, that's you're, the whole you're thing. Buying a, you're buying a ticket to watch something that that is that is something that is it's you don't see every day. You know, I yeah. Mean, that's the whole. Yeah. That's the whole reason you pay the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I totally, I totally, I totally agree with you. You know, but uh, it is but it kind of it is it is amazing to to just see your body of work and everything. Now, now you you go from. CMLL in New Japan, how do you make the transition into bodybuilding? I know that it's pretty easy because of the way that the way that you look and everything, but you know, how so, do you go? So, here, here's, so here's, here's the way it unfolds. So basically, you know, my career with New Japan was actually just, it was actually going killer. My my tag team partner was Nanabu Nakanishi, and we were That's basically... Cool. They, I mean, the, the fans loved us. We won Tag Team of the Year. I can't remember what year, maybe 2010. I don't remember what year it was. But, I mean, they absolutely loved us. We got, you know, you, like Bad Intentions, uh, which is, you know, Matt Bloom and and uh, Chad Allegra. Or, or yeah, Bernard yes, it was, Anderson, it was, excuse me. It was, they, it they was, were, Al, it they was were, Albert before uh, Carl Anderson, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and those two were setting records for the most title defenses ever in Japan. And all of a sudden, Nanabu and I are tag teamed up for one year, and we win the goddamn best tag team of, of Japan. And that's, I mean, the, the, you know, the bad intentions are my buddies, of course, but we had, they were pissed yeah. off because, because there's a fat check that comes along with that award. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Uh, but, <laughs> So, but anyway, so how the whole thing goes is Nanabu, Nakanishi breaks his neck in the ring when I'm in Mexico. And so basically he, he broke his neck to the point where they told him he wasn't going to walk again, but he's a tough motherfucker. And he made it back, but he just wasn't the same. And because he wasn't the same, we just weren't received the same as a tag team, you know, because we were both just these big brick shit houses and they're kicking ass and running. Yep. And and yep. he made it back, but he you could just see that he wasn't he wasn't the same Nanabu. So anyway, long and short of it, once our popular because I mean we were we were just I think we were in like three we were in three championship matches, just boom, boom, boom. I mean they were even even bad intentions thought that we were going to get the strap, you know. Because they were yeah. getting, we were getting pushed so hard, but anyway. So once he breaks his neck, he doesn't make his comeback the way that, that everybody was hoping. And then it kind of left me hanging. You know, I had already been built as you know part of Muscle Orchestra with our team. And keep in mind, by this point, New Japan knows that I'm fine. You know, to be in you know big matches and with with you know obviously in a tag team, but I'm not. They're not going to turn me into a into a you know, a, a singles match star. You know, I'm at fuck at this point. I'm yeah. 42. I'm 42 years old, and it's just not in the cards. I mean, they have so much good talent over there. It would be silly not to weigh in. So long and short of it, as soon as you know, as the end of 2013, that was kind of the end of my ride with New Japan, and I was. De I told myself that I was not going to be the guy 
that went from having that great job in the wrestling business going back into the Indies. I only did six matches in the Indies, and I couldn't stand any one of them. I sure as hell wasn't going to go from the Tokyo Dome. I sure as hell wasn't going to go from the fucking Tokyo Dome to some high school gym, you know. So I basically yes. put, I put, I put wrestling on, you know, on, on the shelf. And so I said, fuck it, I'm going to go home. And I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get my pro card in bodybuilding, because obviously there's in bodybuilding. There's you know it's 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 all you. You don't you you get you get basically contracted by sponsors and magazines and shit like that. But it's based on your look. There's a lot less involved in terms of uh, well, and something else is that you could do you could do bodybuilding for for, for a, hell of a long, long time. time. I I, yeah. I think I think either it was either last year or the year before. I think it was Kevin Lebroni comes back, and I'm like, yeah. oh, the, the guy, the the guy hasn't been in, in bodybuilding, and yeah, you know, <laughs> I remember Gary, Gary Strida making a comeback several years ago. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, you could you could be there for a little bit. Yeah. So the icing on the cake for basically this whole thing is, so I come home from Japan. I say, I'm, I'm not ready to be done as a pro athlete, so I go I go into the bodybuilding world, win my first contest, qualify for nationals, go to nationals, win the nationals, win the national championship, get my pro card, which puts me, now I'm one of three people in the history of the IFBB ever to get my pro card in, in the second contest. So again, wow. now, now, all, now this one happens inside of, Inside of a year, like a, I think it was like a, I got my pro card from the time I, I showed up to my first show until the time I got my pro card was like another six months. So yeah. I, I, I keep going from unknown to internationally recognized in these retardedly short periods of time, which of course <laughs> is great, but, but at the same time, once I get to the high level, I have to find a way to swim in that fast moving current with a whole new with a whole new career. So yeah. anyway, so so I get my pro card and I realize clearly that the, the the step between a national champion and an international contest is a quantum leap. It's huge. So I take I take about eleven months off for an off season and I have my first pro contest and I place fifth which for a first pro contest, well, even better, first pro contest, but also my third ever bodybuilding contest. You know, when, when I was yeah. backstage, I was backstage, all the guys I'm competing against, they wouldn't believe me that I this was my third contest. They're like, is your third pro contest? I'm like, no, this is my third contest. <laughs> so... It was uh, it was pretty fun, you know. Like when uh, well, the one when I, the the one thing that I think is nice about your physique and 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 the the whole fact you're doing bodybuilding now, um, you're you stand out when when you look at some of some of these guys on stage. I don't ever see you end up like um, what the heck is his name, Marcus Rule. I think is his name. He's in every single Olympia, but he always never places in like the top fifteen. And yeah. he's just muscle on top of muscle. And it and it's like there's no you know, there there's 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 no cut, there's no nothing there. And I'm like, what is going on that every year that guy keeps showing up? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, and, uh, there's no question. You know, because with you, you, you know, I can tell where your obliques and your abdominals start and stop. <laughs> this guy yeah. is just like one big ass. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so that 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 I think is is great. So you're you you you've got the you've got the card. You've won a couple contests. So what what's what's going on now? Well, so I'm I'm going to be 45 here in uh, the first weekend of January. So basically, my goal, my goal in terms of bodybuilding, is I want to stay and competitive at an international level until I'm into my fifties, because there's very, very few people who've ever done that. And you know what? What makes me excited is like what I always tell people is this: when when I set a goal, if if people don't think I'm crazy. My goal's not big enough because my goals, I want it to be so big that people don't understand them. That doesn't make sense to them because that's what, that's what gets me up in the morning to kick ass every day is knowing that I've got some huge, you know, some huge project or some huge goal that I'm digging in yeah. day after day. That's what motivates me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for that thing that is really challenging to continue to push me into the next phase of kind of the overall aura of John Anderson, so to speak, you know. So well, you've you've got you've you've got all these accomplishments, and then you you recently uh, you've got a clothing line now. Um, you've got the, the the I think it's the deep water method. Uh, yeah, you've got all sorts of different things you're doing. Talk to us a little bit about some of that. My second book actually should be coming out. It will be coming out in 2017. And this book is more of a manual on how to take, you know, the engine who couldn't, as I was, to whatever level of greatness that, you know, you want to achieve. It's kind of like literally breaks down the things that you have to be aware of to reach greatness, you know. So speaking of which, my clothing line, here's what I did before I got on the show with you. I called my webmaster. And I had him put, basically, if you go to my clothing line, it's johnandersonclothing.com. If you go to my website and you enter in the code STRONG, all of your listeners will get 20% off of anything on the website with the code STRONG. That's that's set up for your, for all of the listeners that uh, that hear this. So That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You got it. When we post post this episode, I'll make sure that our – our web guy puts that in there because uh, I know that uh, we've got a lot of people hitting up the website, jackshow.com, and uh, I will definitely make sure that that code is uh, in the description somewhere. So, yeah, thanks for doing that. Absolutely. I mean, I love to, you know, part of, part of, you know, part of the phase of my career right now, which has actually been really, really satisfying, is, is the giving back, you know, meaning – uh, I've done well for myself, and, you know, I'm not talking about giving back by, you know, giving a, a 20% quote for your listeners, which that's great, and I'm happy to do it. But I'm talking about, you know, like Deep Water has changed, the, the book has changed so many lives. My new book is designed to, to do even more so for, for, you know, helping people actually not only inspiring them, but kind of giving them a manual on how to do it. 
You know, I mean, I have a, I, I have a gym, John Anderson's Training Performance, and I'm always changing people's lives in there. Everywhere, every, you know, I have, you know, soccer moms who I've helped lose over 125 pounds. And, and you look at them, there's no skin hanging off them. They don't have to have skin removed for, you know, it's, it's because I know I've been in this game long enough. I know how to help someone reach their goals in the most efficient way possible. You don't know, have kids that come to me when they're, you know, they're 12 and they have dreams of playing D1 and now they're off playing D1 football, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's really, really satisfying at this phase of my career with all of the, you know, I mean, keep in mind when I say I'm blessed, I worked my ass off to create the opportunities that I yes. have. But at, but yes. at the same time, at the same time, you know, there are plenty of things that kind of unfolded in my favor, and I'm very aware and very thankful for that. So giving back and helping people now is really a big part of what I want to do, you know. So, well, you know, like I, – I did I, – I, I looked over the, uh, the, the, the clothing site before we, before we got you on the air this week. I also was checking out some of the different training stuff that you're doing, and I had a couple questions, and I wanted to get your opinion on a few things. Um, I've noticed noticed a lot of guys recently in in the different bodybuilding gyms and weightlifting gyms are starting to use not just your average, you know, barbells and dumbbells. They're starting to put these bands on the the barbells, and they're starting to use chains, and they're starting to use all this stuff. Is this stuff just hype, or or is this stuff that actually is going to improve someone's overall strength and conditioning when they go into a gym. What, what, what have you seen over here that? Well, so basically what you're describing, it, like the chains, they've been around for, you know, decades. It's just, it's been yeah. used in such a small niche world that nobody ever saw it. And as, as you know, as different types of, of training starts to gain exposure, now also the general public is seeing the bands and the chains and, so let me give you an example of how a chain will work. So let's just say that you're doing a deadlift, okay? So you're yeah. doing a deadlift. And let's say you got 400 pounds on the bar, and you have you have two chains that each weigh 100 pounds, okay? So you yeah. lay the chain over the top of each side of the bar, right? So when you start to pull the bar off of the ground, you have, you know, a little bit more than 400 pounds in your hand. But as you come further up and the chain gets lifted off the ground by the top, now you have 600 pounds in your hand. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so it's kind of a – if used properly, there's all sorts of, you know, there's it's overload principles. They, they There's bands that are the same thing that create more tension from the ground up. They have reverse band where you're putting the band from, say, the top of the squat rack so let's just say you have a uh, 800 pounds on the squat on the bar to squat rack, and you have yeah. you have a band on each side that gives you that, that has a capability of 100 pounds of tension. So if it's attached to the top of the squat rack and to the bar, when the squatter goes down, the deeper he goes, the less weight he feels on his back. So if they've got the bottom. He feels 600 pounds. At the top, he feels all eight. Does that make sense? Wow. That is pretty cool. 
Well, yeah, see, so I, I've really, seen a lot so, of these. Here, I've seen but, a lot of but, these guys but, in the gym using this stuff, and I always well, thought some of it was well, just marketing hype, the, and people were just buying crap. <laughs> but here, well, here's the problem: is, is what you're what you're saying is absolutely true because there's a very very small percentage of people that have a fucking clue about how to use them properly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so what you do is you see a magazine and you see some guy doing a squat or a, uh, a big deadlift with chains and bands and some jerk off someone through the magazine thinks, man, that's cool. And he goes and buys a bunch of bands and starts using them with no idea what he's doing. You know, <laughs> there's, you know, he could end up, you know, you know, basically wasting his money, hurting himself, hurting somebody else. Who knows? So it's just like well, it's just like you know it's just like anything else. If if you don't know how to use, you know, uh, you know, say a dangerous power tool, don't plug the motherfucker in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I I definitely agree with you on that. Now, um, as as we wrap up here, my friend, when when is when is the uh, when is the book coming out in 2017? Because I definitely want to have you back when that comes out so we can talk about that in more detail. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I would say, actually, tomorrow night I have what we're doing. We're calling the final read of the rough draft with the writer. So, basically, uh, we he, he actually lives in Canada. So, what we've done is, you know, over the course of the last, God, almost a year, We've been piecing yeah. together all of the things that I want in the book, and we've been sculpting it together in all chapters. Not to say that the chapters are even in proper order, but all the information is there. So what we're doing now, so we're doing the, doing the final read of all the information to make sure that we're not missing any detailed points that I want in there. And then we start to take and align the chapters in such a way that the points actually the, – the way that it unfolds will – not only inspire somebody, but it will also give them the one, two, three on how to start the process. Because most people, and I swear to God, this is so true, and for anybody listening, take this piece of advice. Usually what stops people from reaching their goals is taking the first fucking step, you know? Just... Yeah, have that leap of faith and fucking take a step. And I promise you, once you start working at it, it's not going to seem so confusing. Of course, you're going to get back to those phases where you feel like you don't know what the fuck's going on, but that's part of the journey. And that's a huge part of the book where I'm really teaching people that when things seem so bleak and so dark and you're ready to quit – Take a fucking deep breath and look around because right then and right there, that's where the biggest opportunities lie. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're all fucked up and pissed off and emotionally wound up, you're willing to do things at that moment you would not do if you were happy and satisfied. But most people yes. run. Most people will run from that feeling. When that feeling hits me, I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck am I going to harness this to? Because I'm ready to kick some ass right now. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that 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 definitely. Uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to having you back. Talk about the book and everything. Before we let you go, uh, mention websites and everything where people can get a hold of you. 
Well, I would say the best way to do it now, my basically my my social media marketing manager and my PR lady, they basically have created a website which has everything I'm doing all in one spot. So basically, it's my name, J-O-N hyphen, not to be confused with the underscore. <laughs> and yes. A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N. And literally, when you as soon as it pops up the front page, you're going to see, you know, uh, uh, you're going to see, you know, my wrestling career, my strongman career, my bodybuilding career, my deep water book, my deep water training subscription, my clothing line. Everything I'm doing is all right in front of you on one screenshot of your computer. So, and I keep in mind for any of you guys that spell my name wrong, you'll still, it'll still probably pop up in, in your Google search. Uh, but there is, you remember the, you remember the rock group, uh, yes. You remember them? Oh, yes. Yes. I yeah, remember, yes. Well, one, one of their, <laughs> one of the members of that rock group is named John Anderson, but spelled the common spelling. So lots of times when people see, you know, the, they see that, you know, they, they do a search, they find, you know, John Anderson, he's a 60 year old guy, you know, he's still out there kicking ass, making music, which is good for him. But Obviously, it'll be pretty easy to see that that's not me. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, because because I didn't I didn't know I didn't know the guy from Yes that won a bunch of strongman competitions. So that's 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 good. That's good to see. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, in, in terms of in terms of everything that I'm doing, I'm telling you, brother, it's another business that I just started, which I haven't really put out there yet. Is I'm I'm breeding pit bulls. I'm creating a, a. We're actually I have a kennel that I'm making. And it, it's keep in mind, this is nothing to do with fighting dogs. Pit bulls yeah. are the most misunderstood dog. I mean, I had an English bulldog. I I agree with and, you on that wholeheartedly. Yeah. My my English bulldog was a great dog, <clears throat> and when he passed, you know, I I came in contact with a pit bull. And I was blown away at how smart this dog was. And I didn't know if it was just the dog or the breed. So I did a little more research. And I literally fell in love with the breed. I mean, they are – so, you know, my rule of thumb now, finally I got to the point in my, in my life, my career, where I don't do anything for money unless I love to do it. And I love the breed. Yeah. Pitbull breed. So – we're, I'm basically <clears throat> creating a, you know, a breeding business because my 14-year-old daughter is actually going to be, she's working to, she's dead set on being a vet. So I figured, you know, I, I, I don't have a son who's going to take over my gym and all this other shit that I do. So I figured I'd better create a business <laughs> that, that she could jump, jump into that she loves. <laughs> so it was, it just kind of worked perfectly. But anyway, long and short of it is that, when we get back on the next podcast, we can talk about obviously my new book, but I'm always doing new stuff. And I've actually got two new websites that I'm going to be dropping early next year as well. And this kind of goes to the giving back part in terms, like if someone calls me and they want me to program diet or nutrition, you know, one-on-one, it's expensive shit. You know, I'm, I don't, I, yeah. I, most people can't afford me. So I created, I'm creating these these, these two websites, and we'll, we'll, when we do this, when we get back on the, on the air next year, I'll release. Oh yeah, It'll definitely, definitely. But for basically for ten bucks a month for training, you can get 
you can have all my programs, and it delivers right to your email box, and the same for dieting. So basically, I'm creating these programs where people can get all of my knowledge, training and nutrition, for $20 a month. Fantastic. Well, yeah, we definitely, uh, um, after after the holidays and after the new year, I definitely want to get you back on uh, January or February. So, yeah, when, when, when that gets up and running, keep in touch with me, and we'll, we'll get this going. We'll get you back on. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, like I said, that code that I had my webmaster do for my clothing line, that's, uh, the code is strong, and that is basically, that is there for all of your listeners and everybody that goes to your website. And I made it an indefinite code, so it's not one of these, you know, go buy it in the next oh, yeah. few days. <laughs> so, yeah. so that code, well, yeah. that code is, yeah. that code is for you, brother. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.